Danny Lavery here. Please don't be alarmed if you don't hear that familiar theme music that normally opens this podcast. We've changed the music and the name of the show as well. You are listening to Big Mood, Little Mood with Danny Lavery. But if you are a regular listener of Dear Prudence, I still think you'll feel at home here. We'll still be answering a few questions from advice seekers at the top of every show so you won't be left adrift. Hello and welcome to our mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood or Little Big Mood. I'm your host, Daniel M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Alexander Chi, the author of How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, who teaches creative writing at Dartmouth College. And now here's our first letter. The questions that we have today have something to do with monogamy, domesticity, long-term relationships, expectations that people might have of one another, as well as just some garden variety. How do you how do you handle having a feeling beyond just yelling at someone or pretending it's not there? And I don't think either of our letter writers have have quite landed on it just yet. Would you mind reading our first letter? I would love to. Thank you. Subject, infidelity brings improvements. I've been married to my wife. I'm also a woman for more than 14 years. We stopped having sex 10 years ago due to practically non-existent libidos, mostly due to antidepressants and menopause. But last year, with the advent of the pandemic, I connected with a young man over an online art trade. He's about half my age. The trade became a flirtation and then more. And our text thread is still ongoing. It's all about sex. We've had sex by text, by phone, and eek once in the flesh. I now carry daily guilt over what I've done. I've never cheated before, but this was fantastic. Up to my self-esteem and made me feel sexy again. I think it's made my marriage better, but I know if my wife found out, she would never understand. I got on fantastically. I don't want to tell her, but holding the lie in is very stressful. Should I just try to forget the experience, or is there anything to be gained by telling her the truth? I am still friends with a young man, but things are now platonic. That last line is very optimistic. <laughs> Aspirational, even. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated the optimism in that last line of just like, I'm sure that'll <laughs> never happen again. I'll just text about art now. Yeah. Um, I so this this letter made me think of an expression that a friend of mine uh, came up with uh, last year. Basically, COVID is what uh, they were calling the experience of like the intense ambient horniness oh. that seemed to take over everybody as soon as uh, as quarantine kicked in. And especially, I think something that I that I figured out gradually over the course of the year was that there was this somatic expression that sex involves, and, and also, I think, to a certain extent, pornography, that was actually quite healing to experience during the otherwise traumatic uh, experience of being isolated from everyone that you knew. I wondered if that was part of this, because it seemed like it. It seemed like something completely out of the blue for this person. But I don't know. What, uh, where did you go when you read this? Yeah, you know, that made sense to me. I think based especially on letters I've gotten, there's a sort of even split between people who, especially around the start of the pandemic and quarantine or having to go to work under additionally fraught 
conditions, as the case may have been, depending on people's jobs. There was a sort of split between some people just felt like my sex drive went into the basement. It just turned off. Um, and other people who felt like it it went way up and it, it, sex and pursuing sex felt really like one of the few pleasures that I could rely on. And it sounds like I, I do occasionally hear from people who felt a little bit of both. Um, I think especially people who were like, I love my partner, but being in 24-7 round-the-clock domesticity is a real libido killer for me. Um, and even though I still love my partner, just sitting in the same set of rooms day in and day out does not make me want to have sex with them, but I still love my partner and what do I do with that? So that does make a lot of sense to me, especially when you you know take into account the fact that the letter writer and her wife stopped having sex 10 years ago. And it's not really clear to me how much they've spoken about that. Um, it, it doesn't sound like it was necessarily super distressing for either of them. Maybe they were both kind of happily or contentedly on the same page about that for a while. And then, you know, as as it often does in life, you know, one's libido does not remain perfectly consistent. And, and one of them had an experience that sort of reminded them of, oh, that's still there or, or that's there in a different direction than it used to. So I, I guess I want to say a couple of things, one of which is I I really think that last line is optimistic. You know, I think if the letter writer says, I'm just going to forget about this and have a platonic text conversation with this guy, and I'm sure we'll never slide back into the erotic swamp that we were previously like joyfully splashing around in and getting muddy in, I think that's pretty unlikely. You know, when you try to, <laughs> I just think of like, oh, let's just, let's just keep this a naughty little secret between us and vow to be good forever. Like, that's a that's that's a hot scenario. That's not going to keep you away from something that you enjoyed doing for a year. And then that that sort of other question of it felt really good for me, and I believe that it would really hurt my wife if I told her about this. And how do you balance those two things at the same time? So, I think my advice to this letter writer would be something like, I think you should consider talking to your wife about it, both because I think it would be really difficult to keep this from her. The odds that she would eventually find out are decent and she would be a lot more hurt if she found out accidentally than if you told her. But also because it doesn't sound like you, letter writer, kind of want to go back to, okay, that was one amazing hot year, but let's go back to not having sex and not really talking about it again. That's what I want now. So I, I think one of the reasons you should talk to her about it, and hopefully the two of you can find a way to discuss the ways in which this does hurt her and also see if there's something on the other side is... You know, if she's been really happy not having sex with you for the last 10 years, even if she does initially feel like some jealousy or distress or anger um, about learning that you've slept with somebody else, I don't think you necessarily need to take it for granted that she's not going to be open to the possibility of talking about other options. Do you think that's too Pollyanna-ish? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's at least three different worlds described in this email. And I don't know that they reconcile each other. And I think uh, you've you've outlined it pretty well, which is like, does this person want to go back to uh, the sexless existence that they had? Because they seem so excited about sex, to be honest. Like, what are they going to do? Just like put a hat on that and and walk on? Uh, and I, I think the, the other piece is like, how has it made the marriage better? What does that mean? Does that mean they're having sex again or what? You know, I think it's clear that this person's sexual attract sense of sexual attractiveness is connected to their self-esteem. And so it might be that they actually need this, which is a conversation 
They need to have maybe separate from a conversation about what happened. Mm -hmm. Or at least as a part of a series of conversations, you know, I think in this situation, if you do tell someone that you have cheated on them, I think you need to own up the way it's going to be harmful, but also own up to the need that it came from and the way that it created the problem that you are then trying to take ownership of, you know, because something else effectively described in this is that this person may have, they ran the risk of exposing their partner to COVID by meeting up with this person in the flesh. And that's something that was done non-consensually and might be something this wife might not forgive. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think it's important to say, you know, this was a year. This was pretty significant for you emotionally, sexually, and in other ways. So to me, that that leans a little harder in the direction of I do think it's important to disclose um, just because it was pretty big, um, because it was pretty important. And I think letter writer, rather than say, I think it's made my marriage better because, you know, your marriage is something that both you and your wife are equally invested in. So. You know, it's not just up to you to say it's made my marriage better because she might very well say it made you nicer to be around this last year and now it makes me very hurt and upset. So it has not made our marriage better. I think the thing that you should replace that with is it's made me it's made me enjoy my marriage more. You can take ownership of that. You have the right to say that. But I think trying to say it's made my marriage better feels a little bit like you're trying to um, preempt any potential anger or distress on her part of like, but you liked the net result, which was that I was a lot more fun to be around. So maybe the ends justify the means. And I would say, if there's anything to be found on the other side of this, if there's a way for you two to get past this, I do believe that's possible. I don't think that cheating necessarily has to be the end all and be all of every relationship. And especially in the situation you two are in, it sounds like a different kind of relationship to monogamy might be really worthwhile. I can't guarantee that that's going to be what she wants. And I can't guarantee that you'll be able to, to do that immediately or, or in a way that feels mutually satisfying. But it certainly seems like the status quo was no longer serving you. Um, and so it seems like the time is right for such a conversation and for you to say not, hey, it made our marriage better, honey. So you should probably just say yes and, and get on board so much as I had a really good time. I also felt really guilty. I also know that this will likely hurt you. Um, All those things are true at the same time. I want to leave the door open to consider possibly continuing to sleep with or flirt with other people um, and see what she has to say. And if nothing else, I think she has the right to get angry with you. I, I think that's really important, you know. She may also want or be having something like this. Yeah, this could be a piña colada situation. Wait, what is a piña colada situation? The song, you know, the from the 80s that oh, one hit right. wonder where he both read the ad and and wrote the yes, ad yes, and yes. then spoilers for the piña colada song. Yeah, you know, if they if they hadn't met up that one time, part of me would be like, "Oh my god, what if this much younger man is also your wife and you two have been having an affair with each other?" No. Mm. That's probably not what happened. Probably not. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I don't think this will be an automatically easy or fun conversation. I don't I don't know that there's anything to be gained um, in the sense of you will then get what you want right away. But, you know, the things that you will gain is you won't have daily guilt or at least the guilt will be, you know, attached to something new. Um, and there's a possibility that you will be able to find a different kind of way of relating to one another and your sex drives. If nothing else, it just really sounds like you haven't really talked about 
the fact that you stopped having sex. So I'm so curious, like, did part of you at the time feel like this is fine? This is what happened with my antidepressants and menopause. I'm not worried about it. And then later you felt like, oh, I actually do care about it. I actually do want that to change. Like there's so many opportunities there to find out more about, has she felt the exact same way about your non-existent sex life for the last 10 years? Maybe her thoughts on the subject have changed as well. And, you know, it's one thing to say our marriage is one that used to include sex and now doesn't. And that's something that we both feel good about. But it's, if it's just, oh, we stopped having sex, we never talked about it. I don't really know how they feel about it. That I think is often sad to hear. Not because stopping having sex is necessarily and always a bad thing, but if it is accompanied by evasion, silence, embarrassment, fear of asking a question because you don't want to find out the possibility that you'll hear something that will hurt you, that I think is a breeding ground for growing apart. And as as well, I think, what is the marriage made out of? What makes the marriage a marriage anyway? It's not that, you know, sex is the only component, but is it, are you still together because of the social approval that you get from being together? Uh, are you still together because of any number of ways that your lives are woven together financially and and socially? You know, it's a good time to take stock of of how much of your life is lived for other people and the ways that that might make you so hungry for something else because you're not letting yourself have it that you just suddenly binge on it in secret, you know, like in the manner of an eating disorder. Yeah, I think, you know, that sort of hope at the end of maybe I can just forget about it and we won't talk about it again and I can go back to disavowing my sexual interests, desires, needs. That that doesn't feel like a good thing to be letter writer. It feels like you've learned something positive and painful about yourself right now. And you don't have to say, I'm proud of the fact that I lied to you. I'm glad that I cheated on you. Um, In fact, I would encourage you not to say that. But you can say in, in one form or another, I'm glad that I learned that I do want to have sex again. I'm glad that I realized that. Not that this is the only way you could have found that out, but that is something that you can avow. And it is hard. It is difficult to avow one thing while also saying, and I did something wrong that hurt you. And I have to be prepared to hear how you feel about that. But it has happened, you know, that you cannot go back and unring this particular bell. Um, and just uh, my last thought on the subject is just, again, if you say, I feel sexy, but guilty, and we talk, but it's platonic, and I want to just forget about it, I promise you that is a recipe for like a week or a month or six months from now, texting him at two in the morning saying, hey, remember when? It just furtiveness and self-loathing and a sense of getting away with something. All those things add up to a late night text. Yep. <laughs> not, that, not that either of us would know anything about that. I'm sure. <laughs> would you care to step into the lightning round with me where we read one brief question and we each get a minute to try to answer it? Okay, let's do it. Good. I've never done this before. I'm making this up right now. Um, Also, great. this is the first time I've ever had a lightning round. So I will read this letter. You may go first. I will time you. When a minute is up, I will stop you. I will say your time is done. And it will be a little (laughs) rehearsal, I think, for death because you don't always get to plan it out. And sometimes it stops you in the middle of your tracks. Sorry for bringing that up so much. Subject, waiting for a divorce to get married. I'm in a relationship with a man who's been separated from his wife for about 19 years. 
They live in two different cities and do not communicate with each other. His wife is considerably older than he is, and they have no children. He tells me he is saving up for a divorce, but I don't see that happening in the near future. What should I do to speed this divorce? Or is it out of my hands? I'm tired of waiting. 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Um, yeah, nothing. Nothing. The only thing that you could do is to just say, I can't wait anymore. I've got to go and see if they react. Uh, it's time for an ultimatum. This is, uh, there's something that you don't know about that's holding that relationship together. And it's time to find out. Well, you just did it in 20 seconds. So I, I didn't even have a chance to interrupt you. I'm going to try to take us home in the remaining 42 seconds. So okay. similar. I think the one thing you can do short of an ultimatum is you can say, you tell me you're saving up for a divorce. I don't see that happening in the near future. How much money do you need for a divorce? Put a number on it. How much time do you think it would take you to save that amount of money based on a reasonable amount of money you could set aside each month? You know, you don't have to do it tomorrow, but like try to get a specific. Those are reasonable questions to ask. And if his answer is, I don't know, I might need another 19 years of not talking to her to figure it out. I think you can safely assume it is not high on his priority list. If, for example, your priority list includes something like getting married to him and having children together, that might be an indicator that it's time to say goodbye and good luck. Um, and if he says, uh, I don't know, maybe I should talk to a lawyer, then you can say, great, why don't you talk to a divorce lawyer? There are ways you can get answers to this question. Like you can actually find out how much time a, a divorce is going to take. And by time, I mean money. And by time I'm out of time, I'm done. <laughs> what an interesting, terrifying round. I don't like that at all. I'm going to do it every week. <laughs> mm. I've never heard of a Christmas club divorce. A Christmas club divorce? What on earth is that? What do you mean? Like where they where you're like saving up for a divorce? I've never, like not for that long. Anyway, sorry, that's, I'm busting in. We were almost out the door. I, we were, but then I, I was so intrigued by the idea of a Christmas club that I was hoping it was like a supper club or something that I just didn't know about, like an East Coast thing. I think Christmas club is where you save a little bit to be able to spend a bunch of money at Christmas, isn't it? Oh, that sounds nice. Kind of like a rent party, like where you have everybody over and everybody pays like $10 for a big party and then you can pay rent at the end of it if it's the 20s. May, no, but that's an interesting <laughs> idea. <laughs> May, no. I think that's the right note to end on, which is like you generously entertaining me and then saying, no, that's not something. Um, but rent parties are real. I I, I did not invent that. Um, and it they originated, uh, according to Wikipedia, in Harlem in the 1920s. So my, my decades weren't uh, too far off, even. Not so bad. That's my whole thing these days. Thanks for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up, to subscribe, or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a minute. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations and interview questions with our guests. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you need some little advice or big advice and you'd like me to read your letter on the show, head to slate.com slash mood to find our big mood, little mood listener question form. 
or find a link in the description of the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. 